Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirstie Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hi, Kim. Hey, Kirstie. I can barely wait to talk about this book. I just want to give it an enormous bear hug. I know. I'm just so (laughs) doggone happy that these two creators came together to make such a fun-filled, wordplay-filled, heart-filled book. (laughs) (laughs) Over Bear, Underwear? Written by Julie Headland, illustrated by Michael Slack, is a delightfully clever book about over and under and their adventure at the park. This book just makes me so happy every time I even think about it. I know, me too. <laughs> We're excited to talk with Julie, Michael, and their editor, Talia Benemy, about the creative process behind this one-of-a-kind book. Let's talk. Julie, let's start with you. Where did you get the idea for this story? I am a huge fan of Jeff Mack's picture books. And one of my all-time favorites of his is called Good News, Bad News. Oh, that is a good one. It tells an entire story using only those four words. Simultaneously, it's hilarious and it's so full of heart at the same time. So I think you've heard of the book, Steal Like an Artist. Yes. <laughs> and I wanted to challenge myself to write a story like that with so few words, but with all the layers, you know, that a picture book would have. And for me, because I love wordplay and puns almost more than anything, and I have a goofy sense of humor, I guess. So I got the <laughs> idea of using over and under as character names simply because I chuckled whenever I thought of them playing, you know, like over, over, under, 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 <laughs> over, 
And it just made me laugh. But the wordplay comes in because all of their dialogue is based on what would be compound words if they were combined, like understand, over, cook, you know? Yeah. Very clever. It's so unique. Oh, thank you. There is a little bit of back matter that teaches kids about compound words and how to find them in the story. I will confess that I did not manage to limit the story to only four words, (laughs) but I, at one point I counted and I think there are only about 25 different words used in the whole book. So wow, that's impressive. I just set out to write a story with very few words that would have all of the heart and humor and would hopefully make people laugh. Definitely made me laugh. Yes, <laughs> you succeeded. Thank you. So Talia, what was it that made you want to acquire the story? I think resonated with me the second I read it. I am a sucker for wordplay. I just, I love it. I think it's so funny. And I think that this book in particular had wordplay that was smartly done. It wasn't just sort of like there for the sake of being there, but it was actually part of telling the story. And so I thought that was special and like nothing else I had seen. And for all that it only has 25 distinct words, it is pacey and punchy and funny and witty. The first time I read the manuscript, it just sort of I guess, wiggled its way into my brain. (laughs) I think that to me is always a sign of something that I know I need to acquire that book. If it's not leaving my brain, I need it. That's awesome. That's I love what that. authors always hope for. So can you give us a look into what the illustrator selection process was like? We definitely wanted somebody who could complement what Julie had done with the text and the tone and then also add another layer. We wanted to make sure we had something that was bright and cheery and fun and friendly and bold because the text really is very bold in what it's doing. And then somebody who could emphasize the humor above all and really bring out these characters. We didn't really have an exact idea of what these characters were going to look like. And (laughs) we saw Michael's art and knew he could do it. And and he did. The second we saw what he had in mind for the characters of, you know, a bird flying over and a mole crawling under, it was just perfect. 100%. (laughs) So Michael, amazing work. Whenever you pick an illustrator, it's a little bit of like a hold your breath and see what happens situation and there's no way that you can know exactly how anything is going to turn out and especially with a book like this where truly we we didn't have a picture in our minds of what it was going to be there was definitely that element and Michael knocked it out of the park yeah you did Michael and what made you say yes to working on this project when I got the manuscript just on the first read it was really funny I mean that was the main thing and it just really lended itself to the things that I really like humor really strong characters really funny dialogue characters just kind of came to mind it's interesting to hear that people didn't really have an idea of what the characters were, but just reading the manuscript, it was like, oh, it's a bird and a bull. You know? just knew. <laughs> right? I love it. It's set in a park, so it kind of had to be something that would be in a park that was two animals just really exemplified like over and under. So it just seemed like there'd be a lot of fun interactions between those two. Two totally different worlds too, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you really did enhance the text by using those characters, that the characters are opposite and their names are opposites (laughs) also. Yeah, yeah. So that's another layer to the story. Yeah, thank you. That's the interesting thing about illustrating and reading manuscripts is, you know, sometimes it'll be right in your head immediately just from reading it. And other times you just sit with it for a little bit, think about how would you approach this? Absolutely. Yeah. Julie, we're coming back to you as far as the writing process goes. You set some pretty strong parameters for yourself (laughs) for this story. (laughs) 
I'm wondering, did you find that helpful or did you find it constricting? Can you just give us a look into what the writing process was like for the story? As I mentioned, I love wordplay and I can sort of amuse myself with wordplay ad nauseum. Which <laughs> Me too. Love it so much. <laughs> I mean, Kirsty, I know it. You hear me on this one. Um, <laughs> You've read my books. <laughs> yes. That's what I did with the first couple of drafts was just kind of trying to over is doing this and under is doing this and their relationship to each other and what they were playing on. And my agent said, it's clever, but it needs more heart. Mm. And I remembered a piece of advice, Kirsty, this will probably ring a bell for you by my favorite author, mentor and friend, Jane Yolen, which is don't be beguiled by your own talent. <laughs> what she means I by that. If you have an affinity for a particular type of writing, like she does with rhyme, for instance, it's easy to get lazy because it comes so naturally to you that what you write in that and whatever that format is will just be pretty good. But if you want it to be great, you have to push yourself. That's so important. Yeah, that was certainly true for this book. So I really had to take a step back and think about the story I wanted to tell with these characters and then make sure that the wordplay served the story instead of just wrapping a story around the wordplay. But from a technical point of view, I listed as many compound words with over and under as I could. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. I created like a big word bank mm -hmm. and you know, then I had to take those words and think about the park setting and what could actually be dialogue and so on. I think those parameters ultimately were helpful mm -hmm. once I knew what the story was that I wanted to tell. And, you know, really the heart of the story is an outsider, you know, wanting to be included. And once I had that, the revision process was a lot easier. Sometimes you can't get to the story until you start, dare I say, playing, mm -hmm. right? So in this case, it was actually playing around with the wordplay that kind of led me deeper into the story idea. So, you know, don't be discouraged if you don't have that story heart, that core right away. Sometimes it does take a little bit of time to get there. And that is something that you can add later. You can go yeah. in and say, how can I infuse more heart into the story? Shannon Hale has a great quote that I actually wrote on a sticky and I put it next to my computer. I'm just shoveling sand into the sandbox so later I can build sandcastles. That's such a good quote. <laughs> Love it. So Talia, what was the editing process like for this story? I think a lot of the editing process was sort of similar to what Julie was just talking about with writing and revising. And it was really a lot of making sure that we had a balance between the wordplay and the story. And, you know, realizing that for a picture book audience, not every joke will necessarily land with every reader. And they may not understand each and every instance of wordplay, but they can still understand the story and they should still understand the story and not feel lost in, you know, bogged down in the wordplay that they're not understanding, but still appreciating what's happening and that the heart is coming through. And then at the same time, of course, 
making sure that the jokes that are there do land as seamlessly as possible <laughs> and effortlessly and readers get as many of them as they possibly can. So I think it was that sort of balance. Michael, we're back to you. Can you give us a little bit more about your illustrating process for this story? The main sort of challenge was getting the look and feel and the character design. That's always the challenging part, you know, is finding like finding the character. And so once I had that, it was it wasn't too difficult, you know, I mean, it was just sort of trying to highlight all the funny parts and like, how do you sort of elevate the humor a little bit, you know, through exaggeration or, you know, someone dropping a hot dog. It's a real pleasure to be with these characters and come up with the scenarios. And The cover of this book is so perfect in terms of elevating the humor mm -hmm. placement of the words underwear, which is a play on words actually, because yes. it's not actually underwear, but to have those words like right smack on the bear's butt is <laughs> so perfect. That's genius. How did you come up with that? I have to well, I mean, it's kind of like what you were talking about where, you know, you come up with an idea and you sketch it out or it's like the story and then you just kind of like dig a little bit deeper you know what I mean like you just kind of keep going and see what comes up so you know I think I did maybe like four or five different quick sketches and didn't really hit on any of them so I did another few sketches and then that was one of the second round of kind of thumbnail quick sketches that I did for the cover you get rid of the low-hanging fruit first and then you're forced <laughs> but you know yeah. Dig a little bit deeper, and that's where all the good stuff is. I feel like there's really a special synergy between the art and text in this book. Mm -hmm. It's so phenomenal. I'm just curious, too, with the text being so sparse. Julie, did you have lots of art notes or a few art notes? How does that work? I definitely did have more art notes in this manuscript than I would typically have, just because it was essential that the art carry the humor. It was just going to be too much narration otherwise. I don't know how many of those art notes got passed on. <laughs> you might have to. You might have. Maybe to we have someone. That. Maybe could, we could ask. Perhaps. <laughs> I mean, I remember that it was just mainly points that were necessary for me to get. I don't remember a ton of art notes, really. Yeah, I mean, I think in general that's how I tend to handle art notes you know, passing from an author to an illustrator is just keeping in what is actually truly vital to understanding what the story is meant to be saying, trimming anything that just feels like an opinion. Mm -hmm. Okay, makes sense. I, as an editor, always like to leave the illustrator with as much creative freedom as possible. This book shows to a huge degree how much the art can elevate a text and can complement it and can add in, you know, a whole additional storyline. But I think that's always the case. And letting the illustrator have the ability to tell their own story as much as possible, I think is vital. So I'm always a only when absolutely necessary art notes type of person. So that's what I said, Michael. We have one last question. And we're going to start with you, Talia. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? You know, first and foremost, I go back to the wordplay and I hope that they come away with really just an appreciation for what language can do. I mean, it's 25 words. It's just a few simple words, but it tells this whole story. And, and then just really an appreciation for how art and text can work together and can tell a story that neither the art nor the text alone could have told. I think that's just something so special here. And I hope readers see that and love it. 
Yeah. A true picture book, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, Michael, we're going to ask you the same question. When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? I guess connected and connection. Connection to the person that's reading it to them. Connection to the words coming into their brain. Connection to the artwork. Connection to their imagination. Connection. That's a good one. A good mantra. Connection. Love that. How about you, Julie? When someone reads this book, what do you hope they feel or learn? At its core, this book is really about not rushing to judgment about someone based on what they look like or what you might have heard or think you know about them. And so it has these themes of inclusivity and belonging. So I hope one of the things readers take away is how our lives are enriched when we open up to new friendships. And I also hope they laugh. A big thank you to Julie, Michael, and Talia for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for overbear underwear. Check out the show notes to learn more about Julie and Michael. And don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode. We would love it if you would leave us a review. Thanks for listening and happy looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.